So this week took us to Hamilton, Mississauga. We are about to embark on what I like to call one of the OHL's greatest disappointments. (laughs) Sorry, Ottawa. We'll explain. But it's got us thinking about markets that may or may not be working in the OHL right now. And maybe some markets the OHL might like to be considering. But even before we get there, which is where we were supposed to go with this, I had this idea, Chris. Oh, boy. And I thought, geez, you know what Chris needs for this podcast is a curveball. And I'm excited for that curveball. <laughs> uh, you're listening to uh, the podcast's biggest disappointment. It's the Firewall and Pope podcast. Um, you mean the uh, biggest disappointment to podcasting yeah, is us? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay, sure. Uh, I'm Pope. That's Farwell. You can uh, make sure to find us on the podcast app on iTunes and 570news.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at underscore Chris Pope. And at Farwell underscore OHL. You can leave reviews and stuff Please. like that on the pod. We yeah, like that stuff. Five stars or just write us a review. Tell us you hate us. All works. Uh, you can email too. Mike at 570news.com. And Pope at 570news.com. We read every bit of email. I've heard other podcasts that do like listener mail. We should do listener mail. If we had we, mail. I've, we've had two, I think. <laughs> I think we have. Shout out Matt. We'll keep it up. <laughs> we will keep it up for sure. Uh, uh, actually, Vaughn sent a Great email. Loved the podcast with uh, the man himself, Ben Finelli. Oh, great. The other week, yes. It was a very good one. Make sure to go back and listen. And you can find them all at 570news.com. Click the little audio tab at the top. It drops it down. It's pretty simple from there on. It says Farwell and Pope. That's the one you click and press play. Okay. So, all right, Roy Halliday, yeah, throw this curveball. Well, he was more of a sinker ball, right, pitcher? He didn't have much. He did. Well, anyway. he had a, still like a nasty break. He, he did. He did. Okay. Here's the thing. And it just, just occurred to me because. Is it got- a 12-6 curve? Which kind of curveball? Mm. 12-6? Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Okay, I like that. I like that, too. Okay. Uh, it's, the only curve is that it's not what we had discussed talking about on this episode. But we also learned this week, and it just kind of magically appears on the OHL's website, and this is why it's stuck in my craw. Mm. A two-game suspension issued to Austin McEnany of the Kitchener Rangers. Now, it's got nothing to do with the player that got suspended or or the reasons for... His suspension, or the alleged reasons. We were led to believe, and this is coming around to my point, we were led to believe that Austin McEnany bit another player during a scrum in Hamilton last Saturday. So, was it Will Bitten? Was it Ryan Moore? I think it was Will Bitten. Bitten got bit. There's just too much there. It's too much. We love you, Will. It's just just too much. But my point is this. All of a sudden, appearing on the OHL website under media notes, for any fan or member of the media to see or player, it just shows Austin McEnany, two-game suspension, eligible to return, blank. That's it. So they put the uh, the eligibility to return date, Mm -hmm. and that's it. There is no rationale given for said suspension. So I take you back. It's not even on the homepage. Right, exactly. You read my mind. So I take you back to the days of Brendan Shanahan in the NHL's disciplinary office, and he would put out these videos explaining the rationale for suspensions and major penalties in the NHL. They still do. Do they? Yeah, George Peros. I should pay more attention. I believe. The OHL had been following suit. There was the exact same thing. was You'd see a video of a hit. It wouldn't have the Brendan Shanahan voiceover or appearance, but it would have video of the hit and an explanation. It might have been voiced over, but it doesn't matter. A a written explanation on the video of primary contact to the head, 
intent to injure, whatever it happened to be, and you would get your explanation. I don't know why they stopped that. I think, I think two things. Number one, if you want to deter people from doing the things that you are currently suspending them for, then it would be good to know what happened. So somebody could say, well, huh, if I get into a scrum and I bite somebody and the teeth marks are there as evidence, I'm going to get suspended two games. It might be in your head. It might be. But then furthermore, I'm a big fan of this thing called transparency. Let the league, let your fans know. Let the, Just magical two-game suspension, and we're supposed to say, what? The Hamilton bench alleged that a player got bit? I don't know. So would Hamilton then have to send in the video Absolutely. and a photo Probably. of the wrist? I would think. Like you, or wherever the bite was. Like we, we saw him showing the wrist to the ref in Hamilton. Um, it's, I'm... I'm this is going to come to a shock to the regular listeners to the Farble and Poe podcast, but I agree with you. I think that the fact that we, as fans of this league, weren't given an explanation on any suspension. There wasn't even a penalty in the game. No. And to, for not, not even to be on the front page of the website, just to be tucked into media notes, it's like you don't know until you show up to the game or you follow somebody that went on to double check it. It's, it's non-transparent, and it's something that this league is normally good at, I, th- I feel. And I don't know how you can continue to just suspend people from games, especially down the stretch, without giving an explanation as to the reasoning behind it. You're gonna just going to have repeat offenders, or people aren't just... Like, how many fans... Like, let's be honest. 7,000 fans show up, or 9,000. We're in London Friday. 9,000 fans show up. How many of those fans know Austin McEnany isn't playing? That's a great question. Not many, I bet. 3% tops? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Because there's there was no report about it. It's dropping the ball huge. Yeah. And it just comes back to that word transparency, mm-hmm. right? And I don't I just don't understand why. If is there shame, is there embarrassment, are there not enough resources in the OHL's office to do that? But you can make a web article about it it's though. It's not it's Come not on. The t- I think uh, the Robert Thomas suspension. I don't think I saw that on the... I might have seen. No, that one I did see on the OHL's website. But the Ryan Merkley suspension wasn't on the OHL's website that I'm aware of. I went and found it elsewhere. So I could... Because as somebody that covers this game, and I'm sure fans feel the same way, what? One of my players is suspended. One of my favorite players, yeah. Ryan Merkley, yeah. a, a first-rounder in this year's NHL draft, possibly, is is suspended for three games. What did he do? Tell us, League. Don't make us go to a subsection of your website with no indication that something new has been posted there and make us guess. I didn't... I've been checking my emails all day. I didn't get an email about it. Nope. I, I have in other suspensions. I have with other infractions. Player of the Week, we're more than happy to send out one every week to let you know who the Player of the Week is. I'll tell you why. Because it's sponsored. Exactly. So, speaking of which, where does that sponsorship money go? OHL, you can do better. That's all I'm saying. You Spe- can do better. Speaking of which, if you'd like to sponsor the <laughs> Farwell and Pope podcast, let us know. You know what? You could sponsor the OHL's suspension disciplinary section of the media site and this podcast all for the same price. If you're a lawyer. How do you, I don't think I could not? actually claim that. Sorry, OHL. Yeah. I totally did not. I can't, I can't offer you that. But uh, anyway. That, yeah, that's... Uh, I, it's just it's just not doing good business. It, it the more you as a league draw people to your league website, you think it would then lead to more sponsorship opportunities. 
And I'm sure the league doesn't want their suspension sponsored to begin with. But at least you have people going to that website and people talking about your league. Isn't that what you're trying to do? I'm all for it that you want, you know, to to better the players and to better their education. And that's what you're trying to build. Strong young men will maybe deter those strong young men from doing things by promoting the suspensions for when you do something wrong. Yeah, you don't want to draw attention to negative aspects of your game, of your sport. But but it comes this, with it. Exactly. This happened. Don't make us guess. And quite frankly, I still haven't seen but, the rest. Well, me either. So, But obviously the league saw enough to issue a suspension. My biggest question is how do how do we decide which suspensions get media attention and get sent out to everybody or get written an article on the front page become more visible versus those that are just hidden on the page you have to go and look every day. Yeah. It's going to become something that we, uh, even in media, are going to have to check on a regular basis just to make, oh, okay, so that's been posted. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks Mm -hmm. for letting us know that a player that we might be covering. I mean, if Stubbsy and Jimmy Van Horn aren't listening to this right now, how are they going to know Austin Mack and then he's suspended? Mike Stubbs, Jim Van Horn, (laughs) London Knights. There you go. Um, It's interesting. It's 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 poor, as you said, poor business. But I'm trying to. I was I was thinking of a way to try to play like devil's advocate. Like you can't. It's just common sense. Did the league just slip? Did it slip through the crack and they didn't send one out? Is it coming tomorrow morning? As the league office is closed and nobody wrote an article about it. Well. I would answer no to that because we knew that Logan Stanley had been suspended. In fact, I checked with Rangers general manager Mike McKenzie just to confirm what we suspected was going to happen after that check to the head of Akil Thomas uh, of Niagara about a week ago. We knew a suspension was coming. We heard the rumblings getting pretty loud. I check in with the GM. He says yes. And at that point, nothing had been posted on the OHL's website yet because that's where I was going to see. Right. See, anyway, it's just all I'm asking, and I don't think it's a big deal. Post it. So Tell does, us why. Give us the rationale. Does any of the onus fall on the team? Uh, for not letting media and or fans know that yeah. one of their players has been suspended? I don't think so. Who, who, who issued the suspension? The league. Mm-hmm. The disciplinarians. But I wonder if that's the league policy. They don't announce suspensions. Teams do. But you've already pointed out they do announce suspensions. I know. But so I don't know. They're just picking and yeah. choosing, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. Just that, I, like, I wonder what the phone call was like. Hey, Austin's been suspended two games. Are you going to put out a press release? <laughs> like, I, it, 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 you've put it perfectly, I think, that it comes down to transparency. Yeah. Do you want to be transparent or do you not want to be? And it falls on the league. It falls on the league. So let's just, let's just do it. I, I don't, look, it's not, a, it's not a huge thing. I'm just, for the, for the betterment of your fans, and I'm not trying to be a woe is me, make our job difficult in media, just, just post it. So well, no, because our, our job is to call the game. And does, sure, so we have to scratch another name off the, the lineup and we send out a tweet. It's not that big of a deal for us. It really, it's just the fans are the ones that are, that are going to pay more attention to this and want to know. And those, if I, if, if I can carry the one and do the addition, they're the ones paying the ticket price. They're the ones that are benefiting your bottom line. And you want to be, come across to kids as a pro league and you got to do it all the way. And I think you, I'll come back to, if you want to deter other players from doing what this player was suspended for doing, then tell us what this player did that got him suspended. It's pretty simple to me. And as you said, you agreed, which is shocking. But then they'd have to also explain to us the difference between a five-game suspension and a three-game suspension for slashing. Eh, yes and no. I get you. I get you. You know? Okay. I don't know. Uh, 
to the original point of this episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Wait, before. was that the curveball? That was the curveball. Okay. I just thought, because it wasn't something, you know, usually you and I have a little conversation about this. Hey, this is going to be our guest this yeah. week, or here's yeah. what we're going to talk about. Uh, but this literally occurred to me on my way to the studio to record this tonight. Well, so. I'm just glad. I just didn't want to be, you know, sitting dead red on a fastball and then get a curveball a little later. No, I see. Yeah. I see. That's what I, that's the kind of guy that I am. Ah, I tell you nice what's you. coming. Yeah. Right. I, I crash Davis you in this. Yeah. Let you know. I wouldn't have. I know. Okay. So we, as I mentioned, uh, have been through this week now, Hamilton, Mississauga, and Ottawa looms on Family Day as we finish off the Eastern Swing after a stop in Kingston. Maybe I'll start with Ottawa, and simply because I called them earlier the OHL's biggest disappointment. Nothing against the team, the players, even the city, but I remember, I remember the days that you were getting seven, eight, nine, sometimes even 10,000 fans out to watch an Ottawa 67s hockey game. And now they are a third-place team in a city that loves its Red Blacks. And what is its soccer team? The Ottawa something. FC. No, that's Toronto. The Fury. Anyway, the Fury, thank you. But the Ottawa 67s have become third-class citizens in their building, in their city. And I get that there's an Ottawa Senators team there that apparently plays in a league that's above the OHL. But it's really just to me... Not the way they're playing this year. It's sad. You see the school day game that attracted 15,000, and it reminds you of what was and what perhaps still could be in Ottawa, and it's just not happening right now. But I'm I'm not too concerned, generally speaking, about Ottawa as an OHL market. However, having gone into Hamilton and watched a real good hockey team. And you and I talked about it on the broadcast, looking around the lower bowl, because, of course, they tarp off the rest at the first Ontario Centre in Hamilton. The building's just so So big. big. It makes the crowd look small, even when you do tarp off the top. And then Mississauga, well, we know the story there. I mean, you can they're a defending Eastern Conference champion, and they can't draw 2,000. I wonder if it's time for this league to reevaluate the markets that it's in. I, I don't know if I'd go that far because, yeah, we talked about it pregame about the amount of people that come to Hamilton or go to Hamilton games, and it's not a lot. Or it doesn't, it may not be that it's not a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot. They announced 5,000, just over 5,000 on a day where the weather was pretty bad. Yeah. Like, and they averaged, I just looked, 4,700 last year. That's decent in this league. That's middle of the pack. I'd be okay with that. I'm sure Michael and Lauer would be okay with that. I don't think they averaged that during their last couple of years as an American Hockey League team. It's just that building. The first Ontario Centre is just so big, it takes all the life out of it. And they were a pretty loud crowd when they, we when we were covering the game there. Um, I don't mind Hamilton as much. Ottawa, they've shown, though, that they can draw the fans. Mississauga, it's a tax break. Let's call it what it is. Well, there, but see, there you go. I'm with you. I think the Hamilton market is fine. It just looks bad in that building. They really it's, do need the new arena that Ann Lauer, Michael Ann Lauer, the owner, he wants a new arena. He's even told the city, I will pony up half of my own personal money for it. That's more than we, I said on the broadcast. That's more than you get from certain owners in this league and in any professional league or semi-professional league. I don't mind that. He doesn't care where it is. He, he says it doesn't necessarily need to be downtown. I think a new arena would serve that team very well and probably create a heck of an atmosphere and an even bigger draw because 
First Ontario Centre is getting older. Somebody had pointed out how many teams is this for Hamilton now, and it's true. You had the Steelhawks, mm-hmm. you had the Dukes in there in times past in as Ontario Hockey League franchises, yeah. right? So I get that. But I, I think this Hamilton market is just fine. Especially really when they do. got a winner right now. Oh, that helps. Absolutely, that right. helps. But if you can maintain that interest, a new arena would draw. Yeah. I mean, look what it's done for, uh, look what it did for Sarnia when it first came through. Uh, new arena, Windsor was, mm-hmm. was great when the new arena was just built and, and still is doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm not concerned about Hamilton. I'm not concerned about Ottawa. It just disappoints me from what it used to be. But you can say what you want in Mississauga about tax breaks. And I've got nothing against Mr. Kern Company that own this team. But you could have said the same thing and probably did about Scott Abbott and the former Brampton Battalion before he finally said, enough is enough. I'm going back to North Bay. Yeah, I think the league truly, and, and I'll, I'll stand firm on this one, has to just admit that the GTA experiment is over. It didn't work. I know for some reason the league wanted a presence in the GTA. It's not working. Well, there's so Get much out. there's so much money there. That's why, right? There's so much money and so much talent in this league that has come from the GTA. The GTHL, the, the plenty of kids grow up and play in that that league and so and graduate to the OHL. Let them play in Oshawa, let them play in Hamilton, let them yeah. play in Kitchener. You don't you don't need to quite frankly, I think back to our earlier conversation about suspensions and what you want to put on your website. Of course you don't want to draw attention to the negative. You're drawing attention to the negative. Again, Mississauga, I love you. Mayor Hazel, come on. I love it. I love the whole idea. I, I think they've, they've done their level best. They've put a good product on the ice. They've, they've hosted a Memorial Cup. It's just not working. You got, and it makes the league look bad. It, mm-hmm. To me, it does. How much, and I'll, I'll put this to you, how much do you put on getting to the rink? as a reason behind why people don't go. I'm talking fans that are driving, like, to, that would travel, like Ranger Ranger Nation or visiting teams. How much do you put on the fact that people just don't want to drive to the Hershey Center? Zero. None? Absolutely. I put zero stock. Come on. Uh, no, because I'll go back to that Memorial I'd, Cup. I'd rather drive to Hamilton than, than go to Mississauga. Fine. Okay. But what, I'll tell you that when we go and do games in Mississauga, with the Kitchener Rangers, there are usually as many Rangers fans as Mississauga fans. Well, maybe it's it might be one to four, you know, or four to one Mississauga because of the home team. But Kitchener fans, it's a 45-minute drive. In the 2011 Memorial Cup, we started calling the Hershey Center the Bayshore South mm-hmm. because those fans from Owen Sound came down by the busload. It's because it's warmer down here. <laughs> and had it not been for the attack's presence in that Memorial Cup, it would have been, dare I say, I from an attendance standpoint, a bust. Right. So, no, I don't, I don't give it there, – there's the market in terms of population, in terms of ease of access. What is it? If you drive in from the region of Waterloo, uh, if you come off the 401, what have you got? Two turns, two or three turns, you're mm-hmm. at the rink. It's nothing yeah. to get there. And there's plenty of people, just sheer population in Mississauga alone – they just don't give a tinker's darn about the steelheads. Yeah. That's the problem. And again, it, Le- it's, leaf country. Exactly. It's the old cliche, but that's yep. the that's the reality. Get out. Just get it's making you look bad, OHL. It is. And I don't mean any disrespect to Mississauga fans, the people that have tried to put a good product on the ice, to Elliot Kerr and his partners. I don't mean any disrespect. Let's just call a spade a spade and move on. I also wonder how much of it is trying to get people to watch the league? Because 
even just having that presence, I think, builds the OHL's reputation that they do have a team there, right? It's just like if you think about the, the WHL, they, ha- like they have to have a team in Vancouver. You have to. You have to have a team in Calgary. You have to have a team in Edmonton. But the hitmen do really well. They do really well. The Oil Kings aren't bad. Vancouver is having its issues. Yeah. Well, they have had its issues. Yeah. I mean, back and forth, depending on the team. Sure. Um, but I, I think in, if to, to be considered the Ontario Hockey League, I think you have to have a team See, in the GTA. I think that's the thinking that got the league in this predicament. But so I agree. It's not fun. It's not fun to go there. The atmosphere sucks. I'm sure the players don't like playing in front of an empty barn. But is the league itself in a predicament? Yes. Why? Because I think this makes it look, on some levels, I'm going to catch hell for this, but Mickey Mouse. How many times do you see... When you're looking at social media around the Ontario Hockey League, a crowd shot mm-hmm. of Mississauga. A lot. Okay. So I, ju- I just don't get it. Whereas you can go down the 401 and you already referenced the 9,000 or so that'll be at Bud Gardens in London. You'll get more fans at the Bay Shore and Owen Sound. The smallest market in this league draws far better than Mississauga. I think you just say... For I, Again, I wish I could get inside for, the head and get a straight answer as to why the league decided it needed to be in the GTA, but Toronto St. Mike's is gone. The former Mississauga Ice Dogs are gone. Brampton is gone. You're trying to keep this team there for some, un, for some reason that's inexplicable to me. For the record, yes. according to HockeyDB, which I trust, it's a great website, the Mississauga Steelheads averaged under 200 less people than the Owen Sound attack last year. Mississauga was third last in the league in attendance at over 2,700. That's bogus. Owen Sound was just shy of 2,900. Right. But also, in so, Owen Sound, 2,900 is pretty much a full, full barn. barn yeah. As opposed to... And that's the so only if we're, I'm just saying, if we're, we're going to call out Mississauga for lack of attendance when they were third last in the league... Okay. But you got to... Let's be honest here. That number is inflated, and you know it. Tickets sold versus bums and seats, and every rink does it. Every rink does it. Uh, 100%. We could, if we took our time, and we have two and a half hours while we're broadcasting a game, we could count the fans that are at a game. You know we could. I, I know. Okay. You take your side, I take mine. So we're not going to get the 2,700. I'm sorry. They can put whatever number they want on their stats. That's not what's actually be, being drawn. They, I've never, I have never but, been, and so I've been... Are you, are you, I've never seen 2,000 in that building. You say tickets sold, right? So they're at least bringing in money for the league. Wow. Are they papering the place? I don't, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, listen. I just, if we, if we look, 15-16, Peterborough was the last in the league. Maybe we, we could talk about Peterborough. Well, but how great a trip was that this year? New Year's Day, look at the crowd they had. That's the biggest crowd I'd ever seen in Peterborough. It wasn't bad In my at all. time traveling in this league. No. We usually go up on a Thursday night. It's lesser. Yeah. But they had a great crowd, 3,000 plus when we were in there. And I'm sure that happens on occasion in Mississauga. I just think the league is okay with it because they can say they have a presence in Toronto. They're not worried about the atmosphere of the game because those kids are still getting the OHL treatment. They're still having they they might draw just as many scouts as other other places like Kitchener and London just because of its proximity to where the scouts normally are. So they're still getting watched. They're still getting the education package. They're still student athletes. I think that it does the the league. A, it's better for the league to have 
a team in the GTA than to not. I think it. I think it looks Mickey Mouse if they don't have the team there, regardless of how many fans or people there are in the seats. I think that there are three markets that could be in serious consideration for a relocation team. I'm not too interested in the idea of expansion. I think 20 is a good number for this league right now. But I think that Chatham, Brantford, Cornwall all make sense on some level more so than Mississauga right now. Of those three, I would probably say Chatham, Chatham. the least. Uh, the really? economy's not great. Oh, I think it's first. Oh, no As a way. hockey town? Not even close in my Compared opinion. to Brantford? I'm sorry. The, you heard me. The birthplace of Wayne Gretzky is not as much a hockey town as Chatham? Did you been to a, a, an Eagles game back in the day? Did you... Did you go to a Brantford Smoke game back in the day? They've had many hockey franchises that have come and gone. Yeah, sure they have. So has Toronto. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, Toronto has more money than Brantford. The Brantford Alexanders back in the day. Keith Sorry, Gretzky. Brantford. Yeah, no. I listen. I think I think the economy is definitely uh, an issue in Chatham, and the Memorial Arena there is about three thousand, just under. Uh, not a great venue, but perfect to be in the top half of the league. Well, it could be right. <laughs> Uh, Brantford's in the same boat, although I like a little bit better simply because there was the Brantford Alexanders at one point. It's got a bit of history in this Ontario Hockey League. But again, facilities-wise, you're only looking at about 3,000 in the Brantford Civic Centre. And then you want to talk about travel again. Cornwall? Well, I know. And I'm not going to get into because that's that's a bit of an issue. But why not, right? If you're taking the team out of Mississauga, just throw it back up beyond Belleville in that eastern part of the league. And you've got yourself an economy that's on... The rise again. It's gone through its doldrums. It's coming back up. You've got a 5,000 seat arena up there right now. And you've got the former Cornwall Royals mm-hmm. from this Ontario Hockey League. Do it up. Well, not to, not to age you, but I don't, I remember the Cornwall Royals because my uncle's played in the league and I have a Cornwall puck. But I don't remember when Cornwall left. Why did they leave? Well, I think they leave the same reason any other team leaves, right? Okay. The, you know, the team yeah. falls on. Difficult times. times. There's a there's a peeing contest between owners and municipal councils. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to be honest with you, I don't I don't recall off the top of my head why Cornwall uh, left the league. Of course, they, see, I don't let you know when I throw you curveballs. I just toss it out there. <laughs> they went, or was it vice versa? Was it a Q team? Yeah, it was a Q team that came to no. It was yeah. an O team. That no, you're right. Q. Yeah, Q came to the O. Right. The yeah. Cornwall team was in the Quebec Major League, came to the yes. Ontario Hockey League, won back-to-back championships. Doug Gilmore was on the team. Yeah, Memorial Cup championships in 80-81. Yeah. There you go. And then they moved to Sarnia. Sarnia. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It uh, Cornwall would maybe be my last. I would love to see a team in Chatham. I don't pretend to know about economy, so don't. I don't know what kind of money people in Chatham are, are spending. But the Maroons have a long legacy down there. They obviously it's a hockey place. I mean, I, I don't. I take Chatham over Brantford and Cornwall. Do you know one of the other things that really works against Chatham, unfortunately, is geography. The last thing this league needs is another team in southwestern Ontario. That's true. You know that would just muck. If, if we think we have uh, alignment problems now in this league, throw Chatham into the mix, and what are you going to do? But. That shouldn't be a determining factor. I think you should go to the healthiest market. I believe that market could be, might be, should be Cornwall. You think Chatham? I think Brantford could be in the conversation. I'm just, truly, I, I'm, I'm tired of the experiment in the GTA. I, I have no problem 
doing the games. The folks in Mississauga are great to us every time we go in. They've got some great players. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Hag, Owen Tippett. Let's just go down the list. Ingham. I mean, take, like, just, just go, yeah. right? Rattle them off here. The McLeod brothers. We could, yeah. we could go and go and go. It's just that nobody's going to see them. And, and I think that the league could get better exposure somewhere. It looks healthier in other places. I think, it, like, again, I think it might look healthier in the stands, and it might sell more tickets in other places, but I don't think Cornwall is going to get the same exposure for this league that Mississauga would. Yeah, you know what? I, I, it pains me to admit, but I got it. That's a great point. It's a great point. And it makes sense then as to what the league's rationale for continuing to put that square peg into a round hole. Yeah, right? it, it, it doesn't do anything for the fans. The, I'll, I'll flat up say it. Mississauga is not there for the OHL fans. Mississauga is there for NHL, AHL, and East Coast teams because the scouts can make the games easy and then still run down. If it's an afternoon game, they can still run down to the ACC. They can pop out if they fly in. They can come in for Friday night in Mississauga or whenever they play, Saturday night hockey in Toronto. It's simple. It gets more eyes on the league as opposed to worrying about what Tom down on 4th Street is paying for a season ticket. So how much longer is it going to stay in the uh, current ownership hands then? How that, long is the tax break good for? Well, that yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, and I shouldn't say it's a tax break now. I don't know the ownership group now. It was, it was blatantly obvious that it was a, a tax break when it's... With Mr. Melnick? Yeah. Everything's a tax break for him. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Well, that there's always going to be someone that wants to own a hockey team in the GTA. Why not? Maybe. I can't... I don't know. Unless the ownership tries to move it, but I don't think the league would, would allow it. I uh, I have it on pretty good authority that your break-even point sort of in the Ontario Hockey League is between 2,500 and 3,000 fans. That's what you're looking at in terms of attendance in order to be profitable, right? And then, of course, the more you bring in and the longer your playoff runs and so on. But you're not doing that in Mississauga. You're not making money there as a business person. So if you were a business person... And wanted to get into hockey. And look at some of the people that have gotten involved. Hello, Darian Hatcher and your Sarnia Sting this year. Right? Like, people like that. How, you know, how about our friends down in in Windsor? We had, uh, we had Warren Reichel on this podcast earlier this season. I mean, there's another guy that got involved in the game in ownership at this level. Mm -hmm. And there are lots like him. So if you want to, if you're a business person, if you want to have a sporting interest in your, investment or business portfolio this league could be attractive in the right market well now we're getting into whether teams are ever going to release their finances because the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute i thought they had done that no um kitchener does they have to yeah exactly Uh um things are are pretty good by the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) just check out the annual reports (laughs) yeah not bad uh i'd like to see Mississauga's sponsorship money because ticket sales are one thing. Yes, they help for sure. But you go to a Ranger game or you go to a a Knights game and we always talk about those two franchises, but I'm talking about those two because they're the highest in attendance over the last four years. If you look around the arena or in game, there's sponsors everywhere. I want to know how the sales team in Mississauga, sell the steelhead games to businesses there. Do you want your business to be seen by tens of people this <laughs> this week? Now you're being mean. Uh, well, oh, okay, 100 people this week. 
it, it's interesting because I'm sure businesses do get sold on it, and I'm sure they do have sponsorship money. Of course they do. Right? Of course. You would need to. But how much of it is either another tax break, a friendly deal, or just, yeah, I like hockey. I'll, I'll throw a couple hundred bucks here. I think And it's not seeing yep. much return on it yep. at all. I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of teams can make some serious bank off some sponsorship money from local businesses. And maybe that's where some of the money comes from for that team because the businesses down there have a little bit more money. Just a note. I, I have a funny feeling that uh, uh, Mr. Kerr et al. are not in the black with this team. I, I think they are losing money on it and, and seem to be content to do so. I could be wrong. I have mm-hmm. no knowledge of the finances of the organization whatsoever, but based on those attendance figures, I can't see it being profitable. I, I agree with you for but, sure. I don't think it can be either. In fact, I, I'm not sure every team is. When those, when those numbers were released... Uh, during that potential class action suit, uh, I, I, as I recall, they, they said very few actually made Yeah, there's like four. Yeah, so go figure, which flies against what I have been led to believe with that sort of magic number in terms of attendance mm-hmm. being between 2,500 and 3,000. Of course, you want to have an arena that has boxes and all of these different things and the sponsorship opportunities you just talked about. But anyway, I, I'm going to put my vote out there right now. Cornwall, where do you want to see the OHL expand to? Let us know. At underscore Chris Pope. At Farwell underscore OHL. Mike at 570news.com or Pope at 570news.com. Can't wait for these emails. They're going to be great. Right? We're going to have suggestions. Why not? Why not? You have to. Exactly. Let us know. All right. We're going to go and uh, go to the OHL's most disappointing market this weekend. Yeah. And then we're going to go. I love you, Ottawa. But but before we do, we're going to go to OntarioHockeyLeague.com and make sure there aren't any more suspensions. Nope, because you can't see him. I can't believe we agreed on something. We solved one thing in this episode of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Hey, thanks for listening, and thanks for the review you're about to give us on this. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.